Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Lord mentioned last week that I would like you to teach tonight, so I said, okay. And uh, there's been an article in a magazine, and then uh, Sunday's uh, devotion and the word for today was about, uh, well, from 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, we're going to be going there in a little bit. But uh, the scripture there was, all scripture is God-breathed, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm reading out the fire Bible, and I said, don't get a little warm. I said, this is the fire Bible, okay? <laughs> but that chapter in the fire Bible, it has a subtitle that man wrote in. It talks about the coming apostasy. And so I felt that was a confirmation when I read Chapter, chapter 3 of Second Timothy, and then, of course, when I read it, the devotion. So my wife said, honey, what are you, uh, what are you preaching? I said, secularism. She said, what is that? Well, first of all, let me just say, I think this is going to be a, a big challenge to our church this century because it's so prevalent everywhere today. I think you've noticed that. She said, well, honey, what does it mean? So I'm going to tell you what it means. A couple of definitions we'll put up there for you. It's defined as indifference to or rejection or exclusion of religion or religious considerations. So there was just nothing to do with religion at all or church or beliefs or anything. There's another definition I put up there. A belief that religious beliefs should not influence public or governmental decisions. And we've seen that happen, amen, in the last few years, the last couple of decades for sure. So it has taken this place, taken root in this country. And I'm, and I'm concerned because it's, I think it's hindering the Church of Jesus Christ from growing and doing the things God's called us to do. Um, in chapter 3 of Second Timothy, we, we read about how things will be in the end times. And I just, as I read it, I said, well, my goodness, Lord, this is happening right now. You ought to know we're in the end times. Hope you do. I believe we're getting to be in the the end, the, the default of the end times. It's very close to the Lord's coming. Of course, I've been saying that for 35 years, but that's all right. With, compared to 2,000 years, that we are close. We're very close, praise the Lord. And what I see now, Christianity is taking a back seat to what many people believe to be the new religion of our nation, the secularization of our nation. And certainly, it's hindering our church churches and its mission at every turn. Secularization is not just something that happens to the church, it's also beginning to happen in the church. I get amen right there. Thank you. The article said the Western culture at first drifted and now is rushing headlong into apostasy for the triune God, which is a direct result of the vacuum created by the Christian church relinquishing the town square. My wife said, honey, what's the town square? I said, that's where we're involved in things in the ch- in community. The church has to focus so much inward that we now have to focus outward. We have to be a part of what's going on. Let people know what we believe, not to be in a mountain ahead with it, but to be a part. Let people see the love of Christ in us and be around people and learn what's going on and have get a chance to share our beliefs. Praise the Lord. And... Um, the disengagement from the culture by the Christians left a void in America. And guess who's feeling it? He's called the Antichrist. Antichrist. I'm so glad Pastor Mo and Chantel talked about the vision for 2020. That's making our presence throughout, you know, throughout the community. 
and also believing for the land, not to purchase the land, but to pray over the land, to make the land in a way uh, acceptable to what we believe, by our, our being there, our caring for, for people, loving people, all these things. And I believe as we do that, God's going to make opportunities, give us opportunities for us to share this wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing else that man needs more than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I think we know that all decisions have consequences. And um, this gathering stone we have seen in the last 40, 50 years started with the baby boomers. I'm in the second class of the baby boomers. 47, starting 46, I believe. Yeah, I went after World War II. And uh, it was passed down to the millennials, and then Generation Z, and, and what's happening is scary. Um, Jensen Frank, another night, the other day, I just put him on briefly, and he said he sees four, cat- four groups. He sees those who paid the price for the gospel, suffered, get tomatoes thrown at them. But the king went to, to Lake Thurow, about eight years ago, they shot a shotgun at his building. They didn't want the Pentecostal message. But they paid the price for their facilities like this today. It's wonderful. You know, we're not on the back of the track. All the Pentecost churches used to be on the back of the track. Now we're on the highway, the interstates, and they paid the price. The second group, they had it easy. It's all been done for us. Hello? And they tend to get lazy when somebody's already done for you. The third group is today, and they just, whatever, whatever goes on is okay. And it can't happen. But there's a fourth group, Jensen said, who are taking it back. And I'm still old enough, <laughs> and I'm still young enough in my old age to say, I want to be a part of that, taking it back to where it should be, to where God wants it to be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I think we're going to see it happen. Hallelujah. You see, for the last century, it's been Sunday go to meeting mentality, and that's good. We need people in church. We want people to come to church, but we're not making no demands on the culture. And this put the Western civilization or West, West, U.S., shall I say, in grave culture and political crisis. We must now start to embrace other means and turn the tide of secularization in our country and our churches. I think what we do in the one accord is so important. Unity. The devil doesn't like unity. He likes isolation. Wants one church here fighting the other church, competing over members. No, no, it's about coming together. We're not competing against you. We're not, you know, uh, competition of who has the most members. We're here building God's kingdom. We're all part of the kingdom of God, praise the Lord. And I think uh, revival eventually will be a source that will bring many, many people into the Lord in the last days. Over the last century, these uh, intellectuals, secularized intellectuals, had succeeded and replacing our Western civilization measure of judging, which has been for many years, is the Bible. Our Constitution and bylaws and the, uh, well, should I say the Constitution in the United States, I'll get it out, was based on the laws of the Bible. Amen? Right from wrong. We, we, we received that from that. But all of a sudden now, it's being replaced by increasing sentiments and purposes with, with better fits people and, and and it's not going exactly by the book, and there's a danger there. So somebody said, well, where's, where's God in all this? Where are the people in all this? Where, where are we? 
One statistic said that you know that 70% of all churches, not just not Pentecostal, all denominations, that's traditionals and everything, um, that said that pastors don't agree with the Bible and it's most basic and orthodox teachings. That's hard to believe. In a poll by Borna and Borden, they asked conservative pastors, do you think the Bible applies to all the issues of life, such as immigration, education, life, unborn life, traditional marriage, even economics. 91 to 97 percent, depending on what issue they talked about, said they did. They did. However, most of them did not address it from the pulpit because they considered them to be political issues. And boy, we've been cowed down by the world to say that we can't talk about sin. Hello? We have to talk about sin. It's not about bringing politics to the church. It's about what's right and what's wrong. That's what politics has come to today uh, in, in a greater way than ever before. It's unbelievable. Churches like today, this is the sect that said persuaded Christians that moral values in the Bible, such as life or marriage, are no longer our responsibility once they, come, once they become political. Pope has said, the man said, that's not God's problem, that's our problem, and we have to do something about it. So let's go to chapter 3. So more way to kick off past nine o'clock. Uh, just kidding. I'll be through in a few minutes. I don't have a lot. <clears throat> you know, Paul wrote this two thousand years ago, but you think he was around the twentieth century, didn't you? Once you read it, because so much of it has come to pass. What a what a prophecy that he he has given Timothy, and of course even more so for us today. Any any young pastor today. So we're going to look at Second uh, Timothy chapter three, and we're going to read down through the verses. And I'm reading from the Fire Bible, and I'm going to share a lot of the commentary out of it. That's really my notes tonight because it's, it's it's so good on, on the stuff it talks about. But it says, "This know also in the last days perilous times shall come." You know when the last days started when Christianity started. So we're two thousand years to the last day. Are y'all still with me? And yet. You know, Paul prophesied this. And he said, things are going to get worse. Perilous means peril, hazardous, uh, dangerous. These are dangerous times today. People are killing people with no thought of life. Amen. We're taking babies out the womb and killing them. And people just getting shot, you know, because I don't like you. You don't believe what I believe or something. And it's, it's a terrible time. It's a terrible time. And he said, it's going to get worse as we get closer to the end. The last days will be marked by ever-increasing wickedness in the world, the collapse of moral standards. Wow. Back in the 70s, 80s, some of the things happened today wouldn't be accepted. It's unbelievable. Just in my lifetime, I've seen so much change. It's hard to believe where things have happened. Uh, multiplying of false believers in churches within the kingdom of God. That's all about it. Because of the Antichrist and the age that's coming. And these times will be grievous to all of us, especially those who are God's servants. Paul's issues a warning to fortify those ministers in their churches who remain loyal to Christ and his revelation. The full blessing of salvation in Christ and the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit will still be available to those who remain in the New Testament faith and practice. We must hold the faith, hold the line. Amen. Despite what everybody else is doing, church is so important. The church in apostasy only means, this and this, I like this though, when you see the, the church itself starting to move away from God, only means that greater grace 
and greater power is for those who hold fast to the original faith delivered to the saints. And so we're going to have more grace, we're going to have more power if we stay faithful to God and not follow the crowd okay? and to do the things that God wants us to do. Praise God. Amen. Verse 2. Men should be lovers of themselves, own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Can you imagine that? He lists the things here that have the root of self-love. You know, I'm a church here about I choose. I choose. Well, it's important. God loves you. It's not about you. It's about Him. He changes us. Amen? We can't change ourselves. We go to psychologists and all this kind of stuff, but they can't change you. Only Christ can change us from the inside. And so we hear about you, you, you. No, no, we hear about him, him, him. He's what's the most important thing in our lives, praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, there, there, today there's a lack of, today some teach that there's a lack of love for oneself, and it's the root of sin because we don't love ourselves. The apostolic revelation teaches just the opposite, just the opposite. And so we see what's happening in the church today. My dear, help us, help us, Lord. Um, verse 3, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despised of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Wow. Well, you see it now, Italian now. Go to Sando. Oh, what's the type of fellow ones over there? They walk around half naked. Anyway, don't <laughs> you all haven't seen those commercials yet, okay? They're advertising women in beautiful bathing suits on the beach, you know. But it's all, about, it's all about you, 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 you. And let me get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with getting away. We have to get away. We have to spend time. But there's so much emphasis on it today. People are more concerned about that than what's most important, should be most important in their lives, my goodness. It says in the last day, believers will be will be faced with an overwhelming deluge of ungodliness. Everywhere you turn around, you see it today. The apostle prophesies that Satan will bring great destruction upon the family. What's happened to the family today? My goodness. So many single moms today. Amen? That's not what God intended, I can tell you that. Children will be disobedient to parents. Really? Well, they always have been, but it's going to get worse. It has gotten worse. In fact, I've seen parents listen to what children say, and they do what the children want to do. I'm not going there. There's another church I passed. And then move on. This denotes without family affection and refers to a uh, lack of feelings of natural tenderness and love as demonstrated by a mother who rejects her children. I don't know how any mother can reject a child. Seen mothers who love their children so to kill her baby. A father who abandons his family. People are going to give an account to God today. I said, people are going to give an account to God today. Or children neglect and neglect to care for their aging parents. Thank God they haven't forgot about each other. Huh? We'll let y'all know. We'll, we'll testify. When they, when they, come. they need help. They're not the No, we're being taken care of well by our children and our friends and our family. We thank the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Um, many women will 
become lovers of money and pleasure and will pursue your own selfish desires. Parenthood, sacrificial love, care for children will no longer be considered a worthy, be worthy or dignified task. Loving parents will be replaced more and more by those who are selfish and brutal, who abandon their children. I'll see some children who abuse at age. We'll hear more and more about girls who are abused at young ages by their father or older brother or something. You know, it's everywhere you look today. Yes, somebody in the family. Christian parents are to save their families in difficult times of the last days. They must shield them from the corrupt values of society in which they live. It's not easy, but we have to try our best. Come on now. Well, Mom, everybody else in the class is doing it. Doesn't matter to everybody else. Everybody else is staying out late. Well, you heard Chantel. You're coming home at 11 o'clock. Amen. I gave you her, and I better not have a home later than 11. One night, we got a call at the movie theater. Diana Plastic. No, Diana Plastic. I died of hour. <laughs> it was a daddy. Diana, it's 11 o'clock. Don't leave us a double feet. I don't care. Come on home. We had to go home. You listen to your parents, and you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. And you have the same problem approach you, so you want them to listen to you one day. More than likely, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, we must yeah, shield our children from these corrupt values. Uh, Acts 20, 28, you better separate them from the world ways and customs. Refuse to let the ungodly influence your children. If you know something's not good for your child, then take them out of it. Take them out of it. Uh, there's a whole devotion on spiritual separation. You know, Paul said, come out from among them, you know. That's easy for us, but for children, it's to young people, it's harder. And uh, it says, and to not walk with the ungodly. They and their families must indeed become their strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. Verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For this sort or they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women. Silly women. Yeah, silly women. Women laid with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Paul refers here to those who profess to be Christians and appears to be religious, yet they don't manifest the power of God that can save them from sin. Selfishness and morality, such people tolerate immorality in their churches, you, you, you can't stay in a church where there's sin going on, that you know sin that's happening. You can't stay there. It's just hard. And the pastor needs to, elders, leaders need to approach something that's going on. If you, you know for sure it's uh, it's not God. It's it's, uh, it, it's uh, not, it's just God hates it. And so uh, you say, well, what about them? Well, it, it'll save their soul if you approach them, you know, and tell them the truth. You can set them free, praise the Lord. You may lose them, but if you you get them on the right path. That's the most important thing, praise the Lord. Um, yes, some people tolerate that even in church, and you can't do it. So we need to just remember, we got to remember those who are over us and, and of course, keep, and keep those in prayer that we know that need Christ and force you to change in their lives, praise the Lord. Um, what I was reading, uh, okay, uh, yeah. It says, verse 9, they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as, as he was. Praise the Lord. Um, false teachers will resist the truth. And um, they'll be indifferent. 
opposition to the central truths of the gospel. And that's happening today, and you must be aware of it, that, that it can really bring harm to a lot of people today. I mean, we saw what happened with Jim Jones and different ones through the past, but it's horrible to believe that somebody that like that can lure people and, and almost hypnotize them to believe that, that they're, who they are and what they're doing is right. It's unbelievable. Um, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, matter of life, purpose, faith, verse 10, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, Lystra, and what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Know a little bit about who you're sitting under. Amen? There's a pastor who's been in six churches, six churches in seven years. There must be a problem. They might not have been to churches. Amen? a little bit about that background. You know, Paul said, you know what I've been through. You've seen my life, you know. And of course, you come to a pastor, a church where a pastor's been here for years, people can tell you about their pastor, what they've been through, where they come from. They have a testimony in the community in most cases, you know. But know who they are and and, uh, and you just don't want to be hooked up with somebody because, remember, they really preach good. Let me tell you, that's a, that could be a trick. Well, they are great preachers. But what are they preaching? What are they living how are they living? Amen? Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And then verse, uh, uh, let's see, right here, verse 12, no. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. Everybody know that? It's true to be true. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration, this is the scripture that, that was used in the, in the devotion Sunday, it's been uh, given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Hello? You have to correct in a positive way, a way to help people for instructors in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Persecution will come to you in many different forms. I don't care if you want to do the littlest chore for God. Get ready, the devil's going to try to slow you down. Hello? And let me tell you, I tell people when they get saved, before you get on, the devil's going to tell you you didn't get saved. It was just a feeling you had, a little funny feeling. That's not real. It's real. If it's real to you, it's real to the God. If you, if you mean it, I remember the day I got saved, God said, did you really get saved? I said, I got saved. I meant what I said. And I, I've been doing it a long time since I got saved. But praise the Lord, if you mean that, you have been saved. You may not feel what some people feel. Some people may have been carrying years and years of sins, and they feel like a waste of living, and they, they cry and everything. That's, that's wonderful, too. But salvation comes different ways, and, and uh, you just receive it. Know it by faith that God saved you. Believe with you, in Him. You believe, I believe He died for me. I believe He's forgiven me of my sins, and I know He's coming again. Praise the Lord. Um, but persecution will come. Loyalty to Christ is truth, is righteous standards, involves a constant resolve not to compromise our faith or yield to the deluge of voices calling believers to conform to the world. They're always telling us, Oh, y'all can do this. That's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Be careful. You know, we do things that, I know I'm doing more things because I'm strong in the Lord, but 
young Christians can't do many things that I can do now. And I couldn't do then, but because I know my, where my, where I am with the Lord and my walk with the Lord, I'm strong with them. They only go so far and say, that's enough, you know? Y'all still love me? Okay, praise the Lord. I'm not saying, I'm just telling you. Just, what? What I'm doing, you know what I'm doing. Well, I don't tell her about it. That's why I'm doing so good. Praise the Lord. No, I'm just saying, there's just certain things, you know, nobody knows what you think. Nobody knows what you look at. You know, it's just a lot of things, but you know how far you can go. Praise the Lord. I used to illustration. Maybe you know, 30 years ago, uh, Paige and uh, <laughs> Greg, you know, if you're going down the street and there's a naked woman, you take a look, that's not sin. If you slow down and get your rear view mirror to the side, <laughs> you know, that could go into something else, you know. <laughs> Just a quick glance, well, yeah, I saw it, but uh, okay, but uh, I, I got to get away from that. Praise the Lord. Somebody's shrieking, yeah, somebody's shrieking, I guess. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's see. Because of their godly standards, the faith will be deprived of privilege and advantage and be ridiculed. They will experience grief at seeing God and rejected by the majority. Let me tell you, church, we're in, the, we're in the minority right now in this country. But we must fight. We must fight. We should all ask ourselves if I suffer persecution because of my commitment to live in a godly manner. Or is my lack of selfishness time that I have not stood firmly for the righteous for which Christ died? And so, if you're never criticized, be careful. Maybe you're not doing that much for the Lord. And I don't mean that you go out and try to do something to be persecuted or criticized for, but when you're doing the things for the Lord, there will be things that will come against you. And sometimes you won't realize it's even the enemy, but it's the enemy trying to hinder you from doing what God's called you to do. So... It's here. Secularization of our culture is going to be our biggest challenge in the 21st century. The devil has had a field day. He's running wild today. I think he's running wild today. Everywhere. Not just <laughs> bars and places that have a lot of just ungodly things. He's running wild today. And no one can stop him but the Church of Jesus Christ. That's you and I. Praise the Lord. We must begin to unite the disciples and be a part of a society again. Be a part of a society. We must pray for the Lord to help us take the land he's given us. The church must begin to teach holiness and, and disciple Christians to go out and change the culture. Remember, they got to the promised land. Hallelujah. We got there, but there were battles to fight. First one was Jericho. Insurmountable walls to pass, but you know, God gave the leader Joshua the vision what to do, and they won a great victory, praise God, for Israel. But church visions must change church, not just from budgets and buildings and bodies and seats, that's good, but we must empower believers to move out into the public square and be full of wisdom and love, let people see Christ in us. I always say, I hope people can see Jesus in me, not because I got a t-shirt on that says I'm a Christian. Oh, that's got to be a Christian about what he's doing, the way he's talking, his mannerisms, how he speaks to people. He's got to be a man that knows God. Praise the Lord. But Brother Randy, won't we offend some people out there if we tell them what we believe? Yeah. When you get full of God and you're living right and full of the Holy Ghost, you'll probably offend some in the church. Who aren't living right? Amen? Jot, 
John chapter 6, Jesus appeared with a bunch of them, and they left. They said, this is too hard. We can't do that. We can't live like that. We don't understand that. But you know the ones who stayed are the ones who became true disciples of Christ. True disciples of Christ. This church is fixing, I believe, to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Maybe that's why God brought us back here. Your job is to be a part, stay true to the teaching and messages God has given us. We all need more of God's Spirit. We need more of His Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, seek the Lord for more of His Spirit. Ask Him to fill you with an overflowing. Praise the Lord. Read the Bible daily. I said, read the Word daily. It's life. It's life. It's life. You want to know who Jesus is? Read the Word. Praise the Lord. Read the devotion. Do they have devotions? Some of you got probably too many of them. Make sure you read one of them. And I love this uh, this uh, Pray Through the Bible schedule here. I've been doing my own way. I may try it this, this year this way. Praise the Lord. Be faithful to church services. And let me just say this. Going to church won't get you to heaven. Won't make you a Christian. No more than sitting in a garage and get you a car. You've got to, I've used that one many times. Anyway, uh, you've got to know Christ. You've got to, you've got to believe in Christ. You've got to act like you love him and, and, and love people as he loved people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Get involved in a small group. We, got, we need more people. Not a small group. I'm just I'm push for pastor. Now we got half, half, half the class is grandparents. We're going to raise our kids. We're going to admit our mistakes are wrong. <laughs> you can learn from those mistakes. So come with us. Praise the Lord. We'll help you. Maybe avoid some things in your life or you're going through in your family. But we need, I know, more married couples to come. I'm talking about parenting. This is a tough kid of parenting. I can tell you that. I'm glad mine are all grown and they're doing their own thing in parenting. But uh, but get involved in a small group. And um, this is where you can ask questions. Amen? Something might be a little private. You can you can say, you can ask questions from those who have experienced what maybe you've been going through. You can encourage them. You can begin to learn what the Bible means about certain things and certain doctrines and, and maybe even confused about certain things. You can build strong relationship with those in the group and that's important. And Find a friend you can confide in and pray with at times that have prayed for you when you have needs. Lastly, I want to encourage all to come out next month. We're hosting the next one of called Prayer Service here on February the 16th. This is a prayer service, but it's going to be really for, for intercessory prayer and spiritual warfare. I want to see us begin to really push back the darkness in this community. And we got to prepare ourselves. And uh, as Brother Lord Markey said last Sunday at prayer service there, we've got to become a little uncomfortable. The church has become too comfortable. We've got to start doing some things we haven't done in a while that we know that we need to do, but we put it off. But we're going to pray. Pastor's going to have four or five things to pray for the specific service that's coming up in March. By the time he's coming back from Jamaica, he's going to be preaching revival like the four or five communities, four nights in a row. He's going to fly back, and he's going to be here the next night. I told him, I said, brother, it might not take much. <laughs> might just have to say, open your Bible. We might go, it might go into a while, because I know he's going to be flying. I told him, he's going to be flying, and he won't be in a plane, but he'll be flying in, but he will be flying in. But it's going to be at Cornerstone, and I'm looking forward to it. It could be a place where God begins to move something in our hearts and our churches and endure us with power to confront the evil generations that we're facing today and break the hold of secularism off our community. So come out. 
which will tell our hearts on that uh, February, I think it's the 15th or 16th, 15th, February, whatever it is. And then uh, February 16th, yeah, then we'll be ready for the service for Cornerstone in March. Praise the Lord. Would you stand? I want to close in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. It's true. You've never left us or forsaken us, Lord. And even though many have, we, we stand here saying tonight, Lord, we are going to live for you to the best of our ability. Lord, guard our minds, guard our lives from the things that are happening that would pull us away from you today. Little things, Lord, like little foxes that stole the vine. Lord, let us be careful not to get entrapped in something, Lord, because we didn't really know for sure it, uh, it wasn't you, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you will help us begin to, uh, to build ourselves up in faith, to be strong in our walk with you, that the power of the Holy Ghost, I pray, Lord God, that we'll be a light in the community. As we begin to pray over this land, we pray the land will be saturated with the presence of the Lord. For you to do wonderful and great things here in the, in the Tri-City area, Lord. And I ask that you'd use this church, use Lighthouse Community Church, Lord God, to be a part of what you're doing in the Tri-City area, Lord God. And we're believing for many souls. There's so many people hurting today, so many people, Lord, who are lost today, so many people who feel life has given up on them, Lord, to let them know that Jesus loves them, no matter what their situation is. They're prodigals, Lord, who need to come back home, Lord, and they're just... They're just debating what to do. They feel they're unworthy. They shouldn't go into church anymore what they've done. But let them know that you love them. As the Father reached out to his prodigal, Lord, that the church will reach out to the prodigals from that church in the community, Lord God. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to overcome, overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. We thank you for this church. We ask a blessing on Pastor Mo and Chantel, Lord, and all the elders, the leaders, Lord God, all the teachers, Father. And Lord, help us all to be ministers of the gospel as we leave this place. We ask it all in Christ's name. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you.